0: So great to be with you guys tonight. My name is Jake. If you don't know me, so glad to be here with you guys. Have the privilege and honor of being one of the pastors here. And I just want to say, uh, I know that there are a decent amount of new people here tonight, and I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. So, so glad you're here. And uh, no matter where you're at on your faith journey, I just want you to know you're so welcome here. I'm glad you're here, and uh, we hope that you experience the love of God. And uh, Guys, tonight uh, we are finishing this series that we've been in called Culture Shift. Has it been a great series or what? It's been awesome. And uh, we're going to finish it. So what I want to do is I want to uh, review what we've learned. And then I want to introduce us to one last culture. So, thanks, Olivia. Would you guys go ahead and grab those sheets underneath your chairs? Get ready to take some notes. Take some notes and shame the devil what I like to say. And uh, I'm just excited for the, for the night. So hey, to begin, um, man, God is so good. Let's just pray. Pray together, will you? Pray with me. God, I just thank you that you loved us more than we could ever imagine, that you're real. Uh, you gave us this breath in our lungs. Lord, we wouldn't be here without you. Uh, you made the earth. You made the galaxies. You made the universe. God, You you made it all. And yet, you love us intimately, and I'm amazed by you. Jesus, you're better than I can imagine, and I just worship you tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Amen. Hey, we're, talking to, we're in this series. It's called Culture Shift. Everybody say Culture Shift. Why are we talking about culture? Um, we've been reviewing this, but uh, culture is so important to accomplishing a mission. Uh, how many of you guys in here like football or have played football or anything like that? So... So I'm a 49er fan. Let's go, Jimmy G, Emmanuel Sanders, anybody? We're 6-0, baby, right now. Let's go. And, uh, and part of why the 49ers are 6-0 is not just Jimmy G and, and uh, Marquise Goodwin and the rest, but they have a great team culture. Like, they like each other. They encourage each other. They help each other out. I played football in high school uh, and had a great time. Um, we had great players. We had great, you know, coaches. We had great plays, all this stuff. But guys, we really didn't have a good culture. And honestly, it's something that I really kind of regret not leading even more strongly in to to make our culture awesome. You know, uh, I felt like if we had a better culture, we would have accomplished our goal of winning more football games so much better. And you know, anybody who decides to put their faith in Jesus, they, they receive a goal. They receive a mission to give their life to. And that's to share the good news of Jesus's love and what he did to make us right with God, to make more followers of Jesus. And together, as we come together as a community of people following Jesus or people exploring following Jesus, we also have a common mission, and that's to lead people to encounter Jesus and join his mission, lead people to complete commitment to Jesus Christ, to accomplish our mission. We need to talk about our culture. And so here's the idea. You can see on the screens, but our our values determine our actions and our actions determine our culture right so values actions culture in this series we've been talking about some of these different heart values these heart cultures that we see Jesus leading us into that guys hey i'm not like i'm so passionate about this i want this so bad and i want us to want this i want and i can't do this by myself and so i'm asking you I'm, I'm asking, hey, let's, let's join together. Let's come together, and let's be heaven on earth. Let's be a place where, where people come in the door, and they're just like, wow, people are so welcoming. People are so loving. People are so encouraging. People aren't, you know, you, know, you know, making fun of me or putting me down there, encouraging me. Like, what if, guys, like when somebody new walked in the room instead of, like, giving them the cold shoulder, you know, like, like oh, I don't know this person. Like, you just, like, walked up to them and say, like, hey, like, what's your name? You know, and I'm Jake, you know, and how you doing? You know, just like, what if we were just that welcoming place? Culture is so important. And uh, I want us to review, review culture shift. We've talked about a bunch of these heart cultures that matter so much to us accomplishing a mission. And so we're going to go through them. Are you ready? Come on, let's go. The first culture we talked about was the culture of faith, the culture of faith. Remember, we want our mantra as CA students in our hearts and each of us individually to be God can, God does, God will, right? God can, God does, God will. Let's go, right? And what was that definition? It says, faith takes God at his word and it leads to action, we talked about. Faith is not just an intellectual concept. It's something that truly trusts Jesus as a person and then it leads to action, Right? So if you say that you believe in Jesus, is it actually leading you to any action that'll help you know if you truly believe in Jesus? Levi also talked about how, remember, he brought the hands together. We know God is both father and we know God is king. And right, he brought his hands together. Boom. We can trust God as all loving and as all powerful. Faith knows God as father and king. Uh, How do we build faith? We build faith by hearing the word of God, We build faith by asking God for more faith. We, uh, by taking risks, right, we build our faith by being in a community of people who want to live by faith and by persevering through trials, right? And then uh, I just, I'm so stirred by uh, just the faith that is rising up in this community. So many of you guys are demonstrating faith in so many ways, but one of the ways I'm thinking of right now is there was an evangelism training that the circuit riders held, with us. And there were 20 of you guys who showed up and literally went out to the streets and just went up to strangers even. And we're just like, hey, can I encourage you for a second? God loves you so much. God has a plan for your life. Like you're loved by God. I was amazed to see you guys do that. In fact, even just last night, my man, Nathan, where's Nathan Lee? Nathan texts me and he's like, Jake, I'm going shopping. I just want to tell people about the radical love of God for them. Will you just pray for me? As I go and do that, give it up for Nathan, just stepping out in faith. (laughs) And uh, I got to text him, and he got to plant these amazing seeds, you know? Brian Barcelona at Fall Retreat talked about, we don't know if we're like the first person to share the gospel with someone or the seventh or however many, but each time it matters, right? So Nathan, way to go. So many of you guys are stepping out in faith. I'm just so proud of you guys. CA students, what if we were a culture that together chose faith over fear? What if we were a culture who truly, when we're looking at each other, when we're talking with each other, we truly are like we have a sense that we believe that God can, God does, God will, right? My, what I want us to keep repeating tonight is why not us? Why not now? So go ahead and say that with me. Ready? Why not us? Why not now? And if you want it, then say, I activate the culture of faith in my life. Ready? I activate. The of faith in my life. Let's go, culture of faith. So so good. The next one was the culture of joyful repentance. The culture of joyful repentance. Uh, number one, we learned that repentance is, is walking away from death toward life, right? Uh, repentance is walking away from death and toward life. And second, joyful repentance is believing that that means you're being saved, not enslaved, right? We're gonna be aved in some way. Hopefully, we're gonna be saved Walking in a way that's saved, right? Um, I love the disciples, how when Jesus um, called them to follow him, they dropped their old life and they went right to Jesus. It's about turning away from death, turning towards life. I love Levi talked about the four R's. Do you remember the four R's? Come on, say them with me. We, we First, we repent, we receive, we rebuke, we replace. Repent, receive, rebuke, replace. So if there's something going on in your life, maybe it's fear, you know, or... Um, I don't know, the temptation to like, you know, just uh, objectify people or something like that. You can say in your heart, God, I repent of this, this idol in my life where I'm, I'm more afraid of what people think of me than what you think of me. And, and you repent of that. You say, God, I want to turn away from that. And then you receive God's abundant grace, right? Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Come on. And then we rebuke that. We say, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live Uh, afraid of that get away from me, enemy and then we replace we walk in the opposite spirit the culture of joyful repentance what if we were a people guys who walked constantly in the culture of joyful repentance uh, and we really believed that turning towards jesus and away from death is truly the abundant life the happy life the the, uh, hopeful life everybody say why not us why not now And if you want it, say, I activate the culture of joyful repentance. repentance. Come on, let's go. Then we talked about the culture of the unoffendable heart. The culture of the unoffendable heart. Remember Heather with the tomato up here and she just like smashed the tomato? And she, she reminded us of this glorious truth. Other people don't control me. Other people don't control the way I feel when somebody does something that could be offensive to me. I don't have to live offended and resentful. I actually have the choice to be able to forgive and to love and to live in forgiveness. Why? Because I'm secure in my identity in Jesus, and He loves me. Right? She gave those four things. There's no questions there. Right? Our identity question is answered. We're loved by God. Uh, there's grace to spare. Because of his grace, I can have grace to spare. He's got grace to spare for me. Handles with care. We're gentle. We're loving with each other and powered by prayer. All The, un- the culture of the unoffendable heart is fueled by our personal relationship with Jesus. What if we were a culture, CA students, where we just refuse to be offended? <laughs> What if we just like, you can't offend me. I love you, right? Like, and we just like forgive each other because God has forgiven us of so much. So how can we stay resentful against somebody else, right? It doesn't mean we're doormats. It means that we get on our knees and we do wash feet though, right? It's like we got, let's be people who serve the culture of the unoffendable heart. What if we regularly talked about and asked for encouragement uh, to just encourage others, believe the best about others, and I'm just so, I, I honestly, guys, there are so many people in this room that I know are just living this out in, in powerful ways. I co-pastor with Levi and Heather, and Heather, I just want to say I see you live this out all the time. <laughs> Levi, I'm so proud of you as well. So thankful for you guys. Guys, let's, be uno- let's live unoffended because Jesus is worthy, right? That we would be people who are radically different in the way we forgive. Next, we talked about the culture for passion for God's word. What? <laughs> Oh wait 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 wait. Oh. wait 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 wait! We forgot we forgot the culture of the unoffendable heart. Why not, us? Why, not now? why not us? Why not now? And if you want it, say I activate the culture of the unoffendable heart. I activate the culture of the unoffendable heart. Come on, let's do it. Let's. Why not us? Why not now? No, seriously. What? See students, why not us? Why not us? Why not this community? Why not now? What are we waiting for? Let's actually live the way that Jesus calls us to live. Come on. Why not us? Why not no? The culture of passion for God's word. Hey, I love it. What, passion for God. What did we talk about that looked like? The culture of passion for God's word. It means that we're taking action steps to both enjoy God's word and also to obey God's word. Taking action to enjoy God's word and obey God's word. Remember that plumb line? Remember Levi being like, that's plumb, right? It's like, that's, that's cool. A plumb line helps us know reality, right? It, it helps us know what's, how to build our lives. It's our ultimate reference point for reality, our plumb line. We also talked about the authority of God's word and how because God's word is God-breathed, because it's from him and it's not just a human word, that there's a certain authority that God's word has in our lives that no other word can have, right? We talked about the authority of God's word, uh, it's not just a human word. Obeying or disobeying God's word is obeying or disobeying God because it's totally from God. What if we were a culture where we just reveled in God's word, seeking to understand it, enjoy it, and obey it? What if we regularly talked about uh, and asked for encouragement in reading, loving, and obeying the Bible? So proud of my life group. I just want to give a shout out to Isaac Strovas, wherever Isaac Strovas is in. He's just, like, getting our guys on, like, we're, like, seven months, uh, like, ahead of, like, schedule for, like, all the Bible plans we need to read together because of Isaac. So I'm proud of you, bro. And I just, uh, I was talking to Noel, and I know so many, so many of you guys after that talk, the culture for Passion for God's Word just, like, started going after it, But I know, like, Michaela, there. I think you guys got, like, study Bibles or something like that, right? And just started diving into the Word. And I know you're encouraging Noel, You're encouraging me, too. Guys, why not us? Why not now? What if we were a culture again, I loved what Heather said. Like, what if instead of like the first thing we're asking for, you know, or asking about was like, hey, what show are you on? Like, what episode are you on? What if we're like, hey, what'd you read in the Word this week that encouraged you? I'm serious. Like, what? We could do that. That could be us. Like, let's do it. And I think that is becoming us, right? Let's have that. So why not us? Why not now? Go ahead. And if you want it, say, I activate the culture of passion for God's word. Activate the culture of passion for God's word. I'm having fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. <laughs> uh, the next culture is the culture of the radical servant. The culture of the radical servant. Hey, if you're a volunteer leader in this room, would you just stand up for a second? Can you just stand up if you're a volunteer leader? Give it up, guys. Give it up for them. Come on. I love you guys. No, seriously, a, a, lot of, a lot of you leaders, you went up to fall retreat. Students, like, think about it for a second. They, like, gave up their whole weekend just to serve you, just to encourage you, just to help you encounter Jesus and join his mission. Like, talk about culture, the radical servant. Um, I'm just so th- I, even today, uh, me and John Segarian were like, oh my gosh, we have all these name tags we got to do for the six, seven, eight forward Retreat. We're like, we send out a text to our life group, and all the and the CA students, interns, just come in and just knock it out. Isaac Songster, uh, Tristan Bonias, Alessandra, all these guys just showed up. They're like, hey, I'll come help. I'll come serve. Culture the radical servant. Let's, and who else? Jamie, that's right. Jamie Anderson, come on. Thank you so much. That's right. Um, I'm just so thankful for you guys. We talked about in the culture of the radical servant, Heather gave an amazing talk. She talked about servanthood, right? And how, like, the hood part r- reminds us that it's not just, like, a one-time thing, but it's a lifestyle thing. Remember, like, motherhood or knighthood or something like that? So we want to follow Jesus' example, and even though he deserved of all people to be served, he came to serve. And he said, if you want to be the greatest, then come and be the greatest servant of all, right? And so we we want to develop not just like random acts of kindness, which are great, but we want to develop a lifestyle of serving. See, students, what if we were a culture of people that together were so quick to, to, to say, How can I serve you? How can I encourage you? Instead of just how can I be served all the time? Right? What if we regularly talked about and asked for encouragement in serving others with a joyful attitude in our days? Why not us? Why not now? Go ahead. <laughs> And if you want it, say, I activate the culture of the radical servant. I activate the culture of the radical servant. I'm serious. Why not us? Why not now? Come on. Then we talked about the culture of the surrendered life. The culture of the surrendered life. This is so good. We talked about how surrender is a change of authority, right? It's a change of authority. We talked about how everyone is surrendered to something, Like, there are no just free agents out there. We're all, like, following something. We're all worshiping something. We're all surrendered to something. And two, when you surrender to someone who's good, surrender becomes salvation, which is so good. I just, thinking of people, you know, here at CA students, I I think of those guys starting that Burroughs FCA club at Burroughs, Elijah, and Zion, and Isaac, and I know Jimmy and Leif and others at CV. And so many of you guys are reaching out to your peers, reaching out on your campus. You You guys heard Jesus say, hey. I care about your your peers. And you guys said, all right, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do something about it. Culture of the Surrendered Life, so proud of you guys. And we talked about, you know, following Jesus really is surrendering to him, right? We, We take every part of our life and we're saying, hey, Jesus, I'm giving up my authority to say I get to define all this stuff, and I'm giving you the authority to define it, right? So that means we bring every part of our life into allegiance to Jesus, right? Jesus, how do you want me to use my calendar? How do you want me to use my finances, Lord? What do you have to say about sexuality, God? What do you have to say about my relationships, Lord? What do you have to say about my relationships with my parents, right? God, how do you define me? What do you say about me? I refuse to to take the authority to define myself and I give it to you, God. You're the one. I give you the authority. The culture of the surrendered life is saying, Jesus, I'm bringing every part of my life under allegiance to you. How do we know? We, we come together and we study God's word. Because, right, his words are plumb line. That's how we know truth. And we surrender to God. Why not us? Why not now? Come on. And if you want to say, I activate the culture of the surrendered life. Let's go, Olivia. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. So fun. So good. Um, so, guys, we... Those are the cultures that we, we looked at and that we studied. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to continue to live this out together. We're, we're ending the serious culture shift, but this whole year we're, we're going. We're continuing to do a culture shift. And we're continuing to say, Jesus, I want to look like your kingdom culture. I want to look like you. Right? And so let's continue to do that. And I just wanted to say, though, like maybe you're like me. And maybe there's been times, there have been times over this past, these past, you know, eight weeks or so that you've gotten discouraged and you felt like, dang it, like I wanted to do this. I wanted to follow Jesus in this way. I wanted to live out this new culture, but I just keep failing or something like that. Or maybe, you know, you, get, you, you just get discouraged. Maybe you're like, Jake, like, man, I've, I've tried and, and I just feel like I keep getting stuck in a rut or something like that. And I just wanted to say to you guys, as we kind of go into this last culture, first of all, you're so not alone. (laughs) And I get discouraged too. And I fail too. And there are times when I like want to give in to discouragement and to, you know, even disillusionment. Like, God, I don't know. Like, I want to have that culture of faith at all times. But there are times when I, I, I don't fully walk in it and I get discouraged. And I just wanted to say that you're not alone if you feel that, me too, and there's hope (laughs) because Jesus is alive, Jesus is real, he's a real person, and he revealed himself to be the God of grace, and he wants us to ultimately, as we pursue this with all of our hearts, with all of our excitement, with all that we can, he wants us to have one culture that's undergirding all these cultures, and that's the culture of grace. The culture of grace. The culture of grace. So get ready to take, everybody just take a big, deep breath for me. (sighs) The culture of grace, baby. Come on. Let's talk about the culture of grace for a second. The culture of grace. What does it do? The culture of grace receives God's grace and it extends God's grace. The culture of grace receives God's grace and it extends God's grace. What is grace? Man, we could just talk about that for, we will be singing about that and talking about that forever, worshiping God because of his grace. Uh, Some verses might help us wrap our minds around it. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What? That's great news. (laughs) The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Guys, check this out. This is great news. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Whoa. Like I'm going to read that again. For God made Christ who never sinned to, other translations say, to be sin so that we could be made right with God. Right? Anybody ever heard of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus, right? Basically, Jesus was our substitute, right? When we deserved the punishment, the wrath of God for our sin and being sinners, Jesus took our place because of his grace when we appropriate that by faith, when we believe in him. A couple more definitions. Grace is God's mercy and favor when we don't deserve it. Maybe you felt like you don't deserve God's love or don't deserve God's grace lately. I just want to say, good, you can receive, you can receive God's grace then because it's God's grace is when you don't deserve it. It's receiving what we do not deserve because God loved us first. Grace is receiving as a gift from Jesus, which you could never earn. Can we get that next slide up there? Grace is receiving from Jesus, what you could never earn. Grace is knowing that on your worst day, Jesus loved you enough to die for you. Being a culture of grace, guys, is soaking in this. I remember there was a time in college when I just was feeling discouraged and really just living under, ah, just like feeling like I could never be good enough, feeling like I was a failure and feeling like I wasn't good enough for God. And I, I, I was afraid that, you know, uh, I was being disobedient, all these different things. I was just heavy. And I, 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 by God's grace, I was reading my Bible, I was reading in Romans 4, and it says this, when people work... Their wages, what they deserve, is not a gift, but it's something they earn. Right? Following that so far? When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they earn. But check it out. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous. They're made right with God. Not because of their work, but because of their faith in God. Who forgives sinners? I remember Pastor Mark Pickerel was doing a talk uh, on God's grace. Anybody ever heard of the movie *Chariots of Fire* by any chance? (laughs) It's really old, but there's this uh, track athlete named Eric Little who's also a missionary, and he was going to be in this hundred-meter dash race against uh, this other uh, competitor. I can't remember his name right now. Harold Harold Abrams, yes, and Harold Abrams wasn't walking with Jesus and. Uh, just kind of was, you know, an atheist or whatever. And it it was this amazing thing uh, because Eric Liddell, the one who was following Christ, was doing his best, but he was kind of just surrendering it all to God. But Harold Abrams, he has this quote, and he says, I'm about to run this 100-meter dash, and he says this, I've got 10 seconds to justify my existence. Because 100 meters is about 10 seconds, right? I've got 10, 10 seconds, 10 lonely seconds to justify my existence. He's basically saying, like, if I don't win this race... My life literally means nothing. Like I've failed and I have nothing else. Track and, and performance was his God. And Mark was talking about how, guys, so many of us live trying to justify our existence by our performance, by these things that we put in. We have these idols that we, that we think will save us, but they end up enslaving us, right? And he talked about how in Jesus, he's the only one who can look at you and say, it's enough, <laughs> You're enough. You're enough. Why? Because he said it's finished. And what he did was enough. And you don't have to strive to justify your life because of the grace of God. So we need to continue. We need to be a group of individuals who daily soak in the reality of God's wonderful grace. And then when we do that, we can then extend God's grace. We can then extend God's grace. A culture of grace receives God's grace, and a culture of grace extends. God's grace. Together, guys, as we seek to live out these, these cultures, right, this culture shift, at times we're going to get tired. We're going to get discouraged. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. Uh, it's, it's just true. The book of James says we all stumble and fall in many ways. 1 John says if you claim to be without sin, then you're lying, right? We're, we're not going to be fully perfected in this life, even though God's calling us to continue to grow and, and go after it. But guys, here's the thing. Our foundation is God's grace, that he loved us when we were his enemies. He loved us when we didn't deserve it. And so guys, here's the thing. We don't come here because we all have it so figured out, because we're all so perfect, because so, we also get it. No, we all gather here because we're celebrating a Savior who loved us when we didn't deserve it. Guys, so that means on your worst day, that means when, if you blew it, in some way, the day before, the night before, or the day of. Guess what? Come. Be here with us, because we're not a bunch of, like, super perfect people. We're a bunch of people who recognize our need for a Savior and say, thank you, God, that we live under God's grace. Guys, it's God's kindness that draws us to repentance and to love Him. It's when we realize His kindness and His grace. Grace is the foundation of all this. It doesn't mean that we don't go passionately after Jesus and passionately pursue these cultures. It just means that underlying all of it is going, uh, is going from approval, not for approval, right? It's like, I've already been saved. I've already been accepted. The culture of God's grace, uh, God's grace. Why not us? Why not now? Why not us? Why not now? If you want to say, I activate the culture of grace in my life. I activate the culture of grace in my life. Whew, culture shift. It's been fun.